Sandy D, Queen of Podcasts Zen. Join me as I interview inspiring and creative women who are living their passion, finding balance, and making an impact around the globe. Come discover your inner Zen. Find balance while growing your business. Tap into your creative flow. Explore holistic health and spirituality. I'll share tips and tools for living a more peaceful, inspired, and balanced life. Relax, recharge, step into your power, be inspired. Feel free to connect with me at All Things Relax Studios. Thanks for listening. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome to our show. Today I'm talking with Shona Bramble, communication strategist, artist, and founder of Bramble Communication Strategies. Shona, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sandy. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. This is such a joy. And oh my gosh, how long have we known each other for? It's been a while, right? Gee, I oh, think over 10, maybe? 12 years, maybe. It's been a while. Oh I know gosh. it's been a while. I mean, I feel like you're more like my sister more than anything. I know, <laughs> same here. We've known each other so long. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's yes. been a while. Gosh. Yes, it has. Um, well, let's jump in. Let's get started. Shona, could you tell our listeners more about you? your background, and some of the projects that you're working on. And let me just share with our listeners that you are a multi-passionate, creative soul and entrepreneur. That would be correct. Yes. <laughs> that would be correct. You know, sometimes I, I try to think of the different words that could describe me. And, you know, in terms of my artistic side, I think, okay, Renaissance woman, there are so many different things that I could do. Um, but I think... You know, my, my background is very diverse, first of all, in my professional career, and even with the other things that I do on the side. In my professional career, I've worked in pharma, I've worked at associations, um, I've worked even in the school system in D.C., if you can believe that, just oh a gosh. few years ago. Yeah, right, I remember. That's right. <laughs> and that happened, that, that's hap- that happened sort of randomly. So, you know, it's just like, it's one of those things that, you know, wherever your passion takes you. Um, I try to live by that. Like you have to be passionate about what you're doing and and love what you're doing. So once that happens, you know, regardless of where you end up, then then as long as you're happy, I think that's what life's all about, really. But um, the current projects that I'm working on, uh, in terms of professional projects, I am working on, I don't want to call it a project, it's more like my um, uh, current role, which is to be um, a life coach slash speaker trainer. So, mm-hmm. um, and my business Bramble Communication Strategies is where I get to do that kind of work. And it's really, really rewarding work. You know, it's, it's two parts, but I think that the two really feed each other, you know, um, being a life coach slash career coach, you get to really help people to, to find their purpose and yeah. find what it is that they really want to get done. And, and how to get to that point and, and sort of get past some of the old stuff that they're trying to, you know, jump over and clear out. So, you know, you're, you're kind of a guide or a partner with that person when it comes to coaching. And when it comes to, you know, helping or working with folks as a speaker trainer, which, you know, public speaking is something I've done now for over 12 years, over a dozen years. Yeah. And Can I interrupt I've, and just say, like, you have mm-hmm. achieved very high level of accomplishments in not just one, but multiple Toastmaster, whatever you call them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Toastmasters. Yeah. yeah. To- so Toastmasters was where I started my my speaking career, mm-hmm. to be quite honest, in 2009. And it, it came to me at a time where I was trying to figure out how to get rid of those butterflies in my stomach because I used to do a lot of public speaking when I was younger um, in church or even doing poetry here and there. And I found that I lost my voice at some point and couldn't really figure out how to get back on track and how to start putting myself out there again, because there is this creative side of me that 
that yearns to be out there and share my talent and share my passion with others, right? So I decided to join Toastmasters as a company that I used to work with. And so in the beginning, I joined because I thought, well, you know, this is a great way for me to improve my skills. But right. what I quickly learned, Sandy, it was it was more it was more than that. It, it went beyond me. It was really about how can I help others now to get to that point where they're you know where they're finding their own voice. You right, know, they're exactly. Their, they're finding their speaking style, and they're able to speak up in situations you know that may have been uncomfortable for them in the past. So the Toastmasters experience has been really interesting and and has really helped me a lot and has motivated me to do some other things, which I'll talk about later in terms of my creative life. You know, it gave right. me the confidence to think that I could write a book, which I did do yeah. in 2017, you know, <laughs> no, and, that, that. and that kind of fits <laughs> into the, the, the creative side of myself. But, you know, in terms of what I do in my business as a coach, you know, it's, you know, my methodology is really, you know, to really work as a partner um, using the GROW method and the GROW method, you, you know, the G stands for goals, which means setting a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, the R is for, you know, how realistic, you know, or looking at the reality of things, right? And mm-hmm. then the O is for options. The W is for will or the way forward. So basically, in my sessions, you get to go through those different aspects of where you are. I and love what that acronym. Right, yeah. I like what GROW. Tra- I like the whole... Yeah, the whole vibe Uh, that gives you. Wow. Because you're growing. The person is growing. And, you know, this whole acronym, it's just all, it's what it's all about. You know, you you ask those really important questions, those pertinent questions, those deep questions, and people start to find themselves growing in it. And that's the part of it that I really love and I enjoy. So, you know, coaching for me, I feel like it was something very natural to get into. Because yeah, I can I've see done, that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> I've done so much mentoring in, in, in public speaking and other areas of life and things like that. So it just felt like a natural place to be. So that's my big professional project that I'm working yeah. on, right? And in terms of like my creative stuff, which you mentioned earlier, I do have this creative side. Oh my gosh, um, you do. <laughs> <laughs> poetry. Um, I like to design things. I love photography. It's it's always been one of those things that, you know, I started photography probably in my teens, early 20s, because wow. my dad was a photographer. Um, wow. And I got to see him do a lot of things, you know, with photography that I'd never seen anybody else do, you know, uh-huh. so, but in terms of my creative projects right now, I am working on a couple and the most important one is writing a book of poetry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I actually, yeah, I actually started this about three years ago and wow. it came about when I was hosting an event. It was a woman's summit and mm-hmm. I decided to write an original poem for the event that oh, wow. spoke about women. And yeah. um, I, I I recited it at the end of the event. And I got to tell you, the response for that was just, it just kind of showed me that, wow, you know, y- your voice has been found, you know, yeah. and you need to get back there. So from that point on, I've just been writing and writing and writing. And crazy enough, I actually write in my cell phone and my notes page. That's <laughs> kind of cool. I, I, I utilize everything I can. It's convenient. It's like, yeah, you can do that anywhere, you know? <laughs> so convenient. And that's the thing yeah. too, you know, it's like we all have these tools. And so, you know, I'm the kind of person, if I'm at the doctor's office or waiting for my car i'm in my notes page and i'm writing stuff and sometimes (laughs) it's poetry so you know i could say that that book probably was completely written in my notes page on my so (laughs) cool i love it (laughs) (laughs) but you know i was able to write close to 100 poems over that period of time and i just recently had them edited and so i am hoping to put it together and self-publish um before Uh the end of this year i've been putting it off for a little bit yeah but i think i'm gonna try and get it published by the end of this year and another big um creative project I'm hoping to work on, and this will be a more long-term, would be another book, but this book will kind of, I would say, follow the path or my journey of how I started my business and how I was able to utilize, you know, my talents and my skills and my know-how to kind of get started. So I think it's worth 
sharing some of those stories and challenges oh, yeah. that I've faced so that other people can see that it's within their reach as well. So I'm working towards that. I think in the next couple of years, that oh, will definitely happen. I can't wait to see happen. that, yeah. <laughs> and I should note, too, that um, you mentioned, yeah, that you'd previously published. So in 2017, it was Letters to Girls Who Dream of Flying, which I had yeah. actually, on previous episode, I read a couple of excerpts from there. Yeah, some of the yes, chapters, chap- yes. the flights, the flights. Yes, that <laughs> yeah. was my first, that was my first baby. And that book came about in a very interesting way, of course, and you know, when I was young, I had these dreams of being a writer mm-hmm. and a poet. And, you know, we all set these goals of, you know, by the time I'm 20 years old, I want to do X, Y, Z. By the time I'm 30, I want to do X, Y, Z. And those years were just passing. Right. <laughs> we won't say <laughs> we won't say how old I was when I wrote it, but, you know, um, it, it's, it's not even about that. It's about, you know, did you get there? Right. Did you get there? You know, what was that journey like getting there? Yeah. And, um, you know, when you read the book, it, I do s- speak in the intro, um, in the preface about how the book came to be. So for anybody who's still interested in getting that book, it's on Amazon. Um, yeah. And so it was just an important exercise for me to do so that I can show other women that a lot of us have very similar struggles. Yeah. And you know, um, some of us might have the tools to be able to to um, help ourselves and some of us might not. Um, but we, we could be there for each other and empower mm-hmm. each other. And I think that's really important to note. Um, we don't have to compete with each other. Exactly. Um, Lift yeah. each other up. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest lessons too is, you know, sometimes we think that you know, there are certain things that we want to become. And I put that in quotation, become. Right. Mm -hmm. in our lives. And we don't always get there. Um, We might do something slightly different. And I wanted to make other women understand and feel that it's okay if you went a different path. Right. You know, as long as you're happy where you are, you know, um, and it's important to, to do the things that you want to do, not doing it because somebody else wanted you to do it. Right. So um, there's a really you know, very powerful question um, that I asked all of the women, and this is about 30-something women in this book from different backgrounds, different religions, um, different schools of thought um, from different countries. And it was, you know, for them to reflect on their younger selves. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's where I got a little teary-eyed because I was yeah. just kind of like, you know, wow, you know, it's just some of these thoughts and ideas were just so powerful and you see yourself in a lot of these women. And um, and that's so, what yeah. I loved about it is because there's such a diversity of people who wrote, because it's in the format of Dear Beautiful, you're writing to, yes. you know, girls who dream of flying, right? Yeah. And such a diverse group of people Yet we, uh, when I went back to like kind of read through again, you know, I've read that so many times, mm-hmm. went back to look again and I'm like, there's some, a lot of common themes. We we may be so diverse and so different, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of mm-hmm. common struggles and it was yeah. just eye-opening, you know? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And, you know, I had, I remember one um, of my, um, one of the women in the book, when I initially told her about the idea, she said she she bawled when she got the questions because wow. she's she was confronted with yeah. you know who she is and who she was and and that sort of dynamic and you know and it made me tear up because I was just like wow people are able to to kind of look at themselves retrospectively and and see who they are yeah. um who they've become and i think that's important to examine it's important to examine and also to accept who you are in the space exactly. that you're in right now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It was a beautiful experience. And I remember when I I self-published that book, and I remember when I hit the button to, to publish it, I called up the company right after and I said, well, did it go? Like, is everything okay? Because, <laughs> you know, I knew this was going to be out there in the universe. And I I wanted it to, if it touched one or two people, Sandy, I was going to be happy. But yeah. the response that I got from so many people, um, and it, it was just so amazing. And there was one particular gentleman who was so touched by this. And he said, you helped me to understand women a little bit better here. With Oh, book. yeah, that's right. I didn't yeah. think from that perspective. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's that really was. Good. 
That was very interesting. Yeah. And a lot of the men who read the book said that. They're like, you know, I guess sometimes we don't realize how much women go through and, yeah. you know, the emotional burdens and the things that we carry. And so for them, it was just sort of like, oh, no, I'm getting to understand this a little bit better. And you I know connect the speak, dots. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to speak to my wife now and I know how to speak to my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I know what to look for with the things that she may say or may not say, you know? Right. So, yeah. So that wow. was, that was really important to me. And when I got that feedback, it, it made me feel really good, you know, because um, I think too, for the women that were a part of it, some of them, this was the first time they were doing this. And so this was incredibly important for them, but it was, in, it was also a little frightening, but they figured yeah. that once they did do it, that it would somehow help them to come to some kind of closure on things or completion or just acceptance about themselves. Yeah. So, and just to see Gosh. other women's stories too. Yeah. I know. Gosh, I could see like some kind of like retreat or something where you'd go through this exercise. Oh, <laughs> I a lot think of things so. you could go, I places you so. could go with this. I yeah. think so. One of the men that I spoke to said I should. He said, you know what, you mm-hmm. should have some sessions and, you know, um, definitely see if you can and take it a little bit broader. And so I have thought about that for sure, you know, um, yeah. how I can really broaden this a little bit more. I've even thought about doing the male version of this in, in terms yeah. of getting the men's perspective on a lot of the, the same type of issues that I brought up for the women. Because... Um, you know, I think a lot of times we don't know how men, um, how they sort of break things down or how they deal with things emotionally. And so I think this will be a good way to yeah, kind it of would be a perspective from the men. So let us do yeah. boys who dream of flying. You never know. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. I know you had talked at one point about doing that. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Because especially men are conditioned to not share what exactly. their thoughts and emotions are. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's it's. uh, I keep seeing it in the news recently. There, there was a a story about um, Will Smith about him getting totally emotional about you know his book and his movie and things like that. And you know, somebody made a comment about him crying, and I was just like, and my response to that was, we need to normalize exactly men crying. Right. I agree. We need to get out of that thing that men are just supposed to just shut down and be silent and be strong. And, you know, it, it's okay. You can be strong and cry. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Crying does not you know, mean you're not strong. <laughs> it does yeah. not. It does not. You know, so I think we need to start normalizing, you know, men showing their emotions and maybe shedding a tear. You know, there's yeah. I, when I see that, I appreciate that because I'm like, wow. You know that because crying can can sometimes be a way to cleanse what's happening. It's a release, yeah. It's a yeah, huge release, huge release. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so maybe there will be a a a, a male mm. version to that first book. You never know. <laughs> Love you it. Never know. <laughs> See, I told you she's creative. <laughs> she's got all kinds of things up her sleeve. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And um, you know, so I think definitely. You know, the, the literary stuff is what I'm really very interested about and excited about. And I do have a, uh, another creative project in mind, but I think I'll hold off talking about that. And maybe t- when I come back next time, till later, okay. you know, okay, but cool. my mind is always going about different things that I can create I and build. <laughs> and um, yeah, so yeah, those are the things that I'm working on right now. <laughs> cool. Now, when we talked previously, um, you talked about how sometimes in life you just have to try stuff. So could you please share your thoughts on this with our listeners? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I think being in the space that I'm in as a coach, um, as a mentor in public speaking, that's something where I didn't always have that, I don't think. I think I used to always be very scared about trying something for the first time. I remember the first time I tried my roller skates, I thought I was going to fall over and and crack my head. (laughs) (laughs) That's me with ice skates. Once I got on and I learned how to ride that thing, it was just, you know, it was just me and the wind and those wheels. And, um, you know, I found my freedom there. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, being... Being someone who works with folks that are trying to accomplish goals and um, trying to find purpose in what they're doing, whether that's in their personal lives or their professional lives, 
it is important to try things um, because you just never know how good you might be at it or the fact that you probably can get it done. Um, I have so many examples in the public speaking realm where, you know, I'll, I'll be working with someone and they have to give a speech and they'll say, I don't know if I can give this. I'm so nervous. I've got all these butterflies and, you know, ask them questions like, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, What's the absolute worst thing? You know, they're like, well, I don't know. I mean, people might not be interested. They might be looking at me. I said, who cares? Exactly. When, who cares? The moment you say who cares. <laughs> I said, you know, the thing is, when you go up there, there are a lot of folks in that audience who might be thinking, God, she's so brave or he's so brave. You know, there's some folks that are actually sitting down there going, I wish I could do that. Exactly. You know, so it's okay to go and try. And so what if you fail? I mean, I've had situations where, and in in my own speaking life, where I remember there was one time when I had to go and speak to a group of Toastmasters. And I had given this one speech at several clubs Mm because in my role at that time, I would go to different clubs and motivate them. And I would give this speech and I remembered that I forgot what I was saying in the middle of it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. What did you do? I want to know. What did you do? I was horrified. <laughs> and I was in my head trying to think, how do I get out of this? And I remember I paced a little bit and yeah. I kind of like da, 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 in my head. And, you know, I started to kind of remember some of the things I was saying. And I just talked it out in my head and I continued. Yeah. And at the very end of it, I got a stand innovation. People were See? just like, and I was thinking, what? I just forgot what I had to say. But now, did they notice, a- or you got the stand innovation because they're oh, like, they wait, noticed. She, they, they noticed, and they're like, but she persevered. There you go. It was the yeah. perseverance. It was the wow. perseverance, right? So I, I think that, you know, I, I know that from my background as well, growing up in the Caribbean, I'm from the Eastern Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a teacher who, when I was sitting for subjects, I wanted to take um, a specific course. It was called Principles of Business. Mm-hmm. And she told me that I couldn't Why? take it because she didn't think I would pass. I what? have no you? Yeah. <laughs> you, she, you who she, has an MBA? <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't think I could pass. And I said, wow. well, you showed I'm, her try. I'm like, I'm going to try anyway. And yeah. sure enough, I went and I passed and First I've ever seen a teacher with yeah. egg on their face. Like <laughs> I um, love it. I cannot believe I said that to you and you went and you passed this exam with flying colors. And I was just like, oh, wow. that was my first, I think, experience that I have where, you know, I did something, I tried it, and it was quite successful against what other somebody else against what somebody else was saying. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things that I've tried in the past. Like, first of all, Whitewater rafting. Mm-hmm. I never thought it would get near to anything like that. But several years ago, I was on a European tour, and I remembered I was in Austria, and we had this, uh-huh. you know, this trip where we can go and and whitewater do some whitewater rafting. And I thought, yeah, I'm not doing that. I just thought <laughs> I'm not doing that. But then the leader kept coming up to me, and he kept saying his name was Steve. He said, Shona, you must try this. You have to, you know, come on. Everybody else is doing it. I'm just like, look that's water. It looks deep. I'm not sure. And then there was this exercise you had to do, the safety exercise, where you had to be thrown uh-huh. off of the raft and try to get back oh on. <laughs> I, thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought, my family doesn't even know what I'm doing here at this time. Right. <laughs> you know, I should probably not do this. But I decided uh-huh. to try it. And, um, you know, I, I felt a bit sort of like, this is not my thing. But what would be the harm in trying it? Yes, I could die. I could oh, fall gosh. off and not be able to get back on. But um, I did try it and I got on there and I remembered he was calling me to the front of the raft to stand up. And I was thinking, no, you got me on the raft. You're not going to get yeah. me to stand up now in the raft. Oh my gosh, standing <laughs> said, up in a raft. Whoa. Come on, come on. So I stood up and I remember I put my arms up and I said, I'm the queen of the world. And I just <laughs> thought, what an wow. exhilarating feeling. What freedom. Yeah. You can see the snow-capped mountains around us, and it was just absolute peace. Oh, it sounds beautiful. And I thought, <gasps> I am so happy that I tried this. 
so happy. I did try a few different things that I didn't think I was going to try in that trip, but it just showed me that, you know, sometimes we have to go a little bit beyond ourselves and it's it's the fear that's keep that keeps us all back from everything, you know, whether oh, yeah. it's public speaking or trying a new hobby or something. It's always that fear. But you know, so I tried to kind of cut through that fear. I still wow. won't go, you know, jumping out of a plane. I won't go. I'm not doing that. I won't be doing that. No, I would not be doing that. So, yeah, but oh I think gosh. it's important to try things. And um, I usually would talk to someone about you know, the advantages of trying something new, you know, what they'll get out of it. Um, and we look at the disadvantages. What are the disadvantages? And and for the most part, most people will come up with more on the advantages of it. You know, right. and even though it might be scary still, they'll give it a go. Um, and I've had so many, you know, um, mentees or protege that have said, you know, I... I didn't want to do this, Shona, but I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this because I think it's going to be good. And, you know, and they try it and they come back and they're like, oh, my God, I want to do that again. You oh, know? that's cool. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. Because now they've, they've, they've gotten a taste of it. They, they see the, the reaction that they get. And even though they may have butterflies and they're feeling scared about it, the fact that they did it, that yeah. in itself is, is, is really major. So... Um, you know, I think that's important that we do try things um, that, yeah. that we can conquer. Yeah. I kind of feel like it rewires your brain once you sort of start doing different things and just testing mm-hmm. things out. It kind of rewires the brain to like, wait a second. Yes, I can. I can actually like do this. And, you know, what's the worst that can happen usually, you know, generally speaking. Right. Oh, it and does. just give you more confidence to just, yeah. Cause like, even just like, for example, I can tell you, like, I've always been terrified of public speaking and for mm-hmm. me to be like interviewing people on podcasts, I would never do that. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I was like, eh, let me just do this. Let me just try it. And I was like, what's the worst that happens? I delete the episode if I don't like it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and speaking of podcasts, Kent, uh, Sandy, one of the other yeah. projects that I started last year, Mm-hmm. Um, or, or was it early this year? Earlier this year, twenty twenty. Time is like a blur, isn't it? It is a complete blur. Was a podcast that I started myself that had to do yeah. about the Caribbean. It's called Growing Up Caribbean. I have one full season, twelve episodes, and you know it was something that I was trying for the first time. Yeah, and it was due to a project that I needed to complete in Toastmasters that I decided to actually give this a go, and it was just you know, doing some research and going to YouTube and figuring some things out and asking right. my more experienced friends like yourself for some pointers uh-huh. and tips yeah. about how to do it. But it's something that I tried that I said, you know what, this is really actually a lot of fun when you figure out how to do it. Right. And, you know, you learn a new set of skills. Yeah. It's always great when you can learn a new set of skills. So yeah, I'm always about trying some new things. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's yeah. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take a really short break. And when we come back, let's talk about becoming unstuck. Sounds good. <laughs> Introverts, are you ready to step into your power? Do you feel like you're living your life on the sidelines? Watching other entrepreneurs succeed. Do you want to sound more confident when you're building your brand? Hi, I'm Sandy D, queen of podcasts and as an introvert, I get it. Speaking with confidence and clarity has always been a struggle until I discovered tools and techniques to channel my inner rock star. Join the introvert's guide to rocking your podcast e-course. I'll show you how to step into your power as an introvert and attract your dream clients. Sign up today at allthingsrelaxstudios.com. So Shona, when I last talked to you, we talked about how um, endings mean new beginnings and everything takes time. So wearing your life coach hat, what guidance do you have if someone needs help getting unstuck, so to speak, whether it's like, you know, getting unstuck so they can start a business or maybe, you know, write that book or even getting out of like an unhealthy relationship, let's say. 
Wow. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And, you know, it's funny. I remembered um, when I was doing my certification, I'm, and I'm an ECC, Associate Certified Coach um, through ICF. And I remembered when we were specifically speaking about becoming unstuck um, or helping your clients become unstuck. And that's a very, very important part of the process because I think even you know, for folks like me who are, you know, sort of always doing a lot of different things, you know, multifaceted and um, a lot of layers and stuff like that, we do sometimes get stuck. I I get stuck in my writing. I get stuck in um, something that I'm trying to do. Um, I think it's always important to find out from that person where exactly in the process they're getting stuck Mm-hmm. You know, and because my background is so diverse, you know, I've got project management, I have communication, right. um, all these different things. I could be very analytical, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely have the two sides, analytical and the creative side. Yeah. Um, but I think the project management is probably one of those things that is the common thread throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Having those set of skills actually have helped me to help other people because they see it as this big, you know, sort of like blob of a thing that they need to to break apart and get into and get, or get over. And right. I see it and I go, oh, once you break that down in yeah. manageable pieces, then you can do this. You know, I have an example of someone who, you know, like a client who had a, a really major project that they were trying to work through and they just thought that it was impossible to get done. And so we decided to break it down. Um, you know, I think it was um, preparing for um, a big dinner or something like that. And we mm-hmm. sort of broke it down. I mean, we can talk about anything in life. In life exactly. Oh, yeah. Prepare, getting ready for a big dinner could be a move. It could be so many different things, right? Yeah. And when we broke it down, into manageable pieces. And we started to prioritize the things that they needed to prioritize. And they started to realize, wait a minute, why did I think I needed to do this or this or this? Like, you know, and then they started to to look at stuff without me and go, yeah, I don't think I need that. I thought I did, but for this one evening, yeah, I don't need that. You know, and they started to use those same skills and tools for other things that they were working on. And by golly, they got it. Right. And every single goal they set for themselves was accomplished. And they were like, I, I can't believe that this actually worked. And they were thanking me. And I said, no, 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 don't thank me. Thank yeah. you. You the one that did the work. Right. Right. I asked the questions and we worked through it together, but you were the one that had to go and set up the time in your calendar and set up the time and break these tasks down and figure out when you're going to do them. And it was always the check-in that I think that always gets people kind of like, Oh, I'm sure the accountability piece, the accountability piece would always (laughs) get them. They they will say to me, Oh, Shona, I know you're going to check in on this next time with me. (laughs) Are you like, yeah, I am. I mean, if you're comfortable with going over it, we can talk about it, but you know, they now had somebody who was going to make sure that they were being accountable for their stuff. But um, I think that, you know, my skills in project management helped me to to sort of set the tone, right, for what they had to do. Because I can't do the work for them. Right, right? exactly. They have to do exactly, it. Exactly, you know? exactly. Now, I, I can ask certain types of questions and I can say, well, you know, why haven't you done X, Y, Z? You know, what has been holding you back? Like, what's what's in your way? Right. And they'll say, oh, I've been doing this, this, this. And I'll say, well, you might want to break up that time a little bit more and, and find a more efficient way of doing X, Y, and Z. And then they'll come up with their own their own ways of doing it. But, you know, it, it's all about me asking those questions and digging a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And then they're the ones that come up with the solutions themselves for the most so part. So you're empowering them, which is what I like about absolutely, your Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not there to tell people what to do. I'm there to listen. I'm there to guide. And the thing that I love about coaching is that it is a partnership. 
You know, I'm I'm not yeah. the expert in in any specific area. I am there. I'm the expert in asking questions, right? <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> if you if you want to put it that way, you know. Right. So I really want to be able to help them to get to the bottom of things and 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 start to figure out, okay, where do I need to go in this growth process? You know that I use. You know what it really is the goal, and sometimes what they think is the goal is not really the goal. Right, right. It could be something much smaller than what they're thinking. It could be a fraction of this big thing that they were thinking. And it could also be something that they could do at a later date. Maybe there's there are different time frames in which they can do this particular thing, not all right. at once. And I think that's where we overwhelm ourselves. And that's why we get unstuck because we think, oh, I have to get this all done, you know, by this time. Yeah. Well, it's like, no, you don't. What no you don't? What if you just spread it out a little bit more? Unless mm-hmm. there's something that it has a you know dead dead you know drop dead set. deadline. We used to say in publishing, right? Exactly yeah. in the publishing world, right? You know, so yeah. it's like you know, be realistic about the right. time frame. Be realistic about what you really can do. And when you start to ask these types of questions, then people start to realize, oh yeah, I don't think I can do it in that evening because I have this thing or I have that thing. Hmm you know, then things start to become optional or, you know what, maybe I don't need to do all of this, or maybe I should be cutting back on X, Y, Z. So, you know, the getting unstuck thing, um, you know, it's something that, first of all, we have to identify where the person is getting stuck. Mm -hmm. And if there's a way to can sort of break that task down in a different way, that they can get restarted, or maybe they might look at an, an alternative way of doing things. So yeah. there's always some way to get unstuck. And it usually works for the most part if if they're able to apply, you know, um, what they've learned. Yeah. Now, I want to also ask you, too, like, so as far as even just like acknowledging that you are stuck and like reaching out and finding help, like, what are your thoughts on that? Because like a lot of times people just like, I don't know, run themselves ragged until they're just so frazzled. <laughs> Yeah, I I've seen that. I've seen mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I I know as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about someone right now who who definitely did do that, who ran themselves ragged, and um, y- you know, it's it's one of those things where um people have to pay attention to their bodies, what their bodies are, you know, it's what it's telling them. Mm-hmm. Um, emotionally, things like that. I've definitely seen clients where they've been very worn down because yeah. they're trying to get something done. Um, and I always tell them to think about their mental health, think about their emotional well-being, think about their spirituality. And, yeah. you know, I'm someone who tries to meditate daily. Um, it's something I've talked about. Meditation has been really good for me. I think I started meditating a little bit more seriously at the beginning of the pandemic last mm-hmm. year in 2020 because I couldn't quiet my thoughts about a lot yeah. of things. You know, there were so many unknowns. And so I actually um, started to go to um, a Buddhist temple mm-hmm. and did meditation on Saturday mornings. And there was three types of meditation that I did. Um chanting meditation, walking meditation, and quiet meditation. And that was something that really helped to clear my head in terms of getting me restarted. I think we all need it. I call it recalibration, you know, to recalibrate, you know, and sometimes it may mean for that client that they may need to leave something alone for a little while Mm -hmm. and then go back to it. So sometimes you have to kind of walk away from something briefly and say, you know what, I'm going to get back to that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 You have to be able to rebuild. You have to be able to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Wow. Um, We're going to take another short break, but when we come back, I want to talk about what you do to relax and rejuvenate. I know this is going to be good. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Are you ready to find your life's purpose? But you're feeling stuck. Are you having trouble setting your goals? But something's holding you back. Shona Bramble will guide you on your journey to find your voice, move on purpose, and grow. Learn more today at BrambleCommunications.com. 
www.thepowerfulmindset.com. So Shona, what do you do to relax and rejuvenate? <laughs> oh, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before, before the pandemic, there were so many different things that I liked to do to relax and rejuvenate. And one of them was actually travel, um, mm. specifically traveling to the Caribbean, which is home for me. Yeah. Um, I, I miss the waters. I miss the beach. I miss the just, just paradise. I miss that. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think, you know, when the pandemic started, I had to find ways to relax and rejuvenate by myself. So I did end up doing a lot more reading than I normally do. I, I picked certain books that I wanted to read and I had on a list for a while and I started reading those. So reading is very much therapeutic for me. Yeah. Um, I love dancing, but of course, you know, wasn't able to really do that. But I sometimes right. find myself dancing alone in my house by myself. There's <laughs> yeah, nothing why not? wrong with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, but I think just, you know, watching a good show on television or a good movie, I became a Netflix person in the past year. Yeah, um, I became Miss Netflix and Chilcott. Oh, <laughs> my, my goodness. But there were so many good shows. And, you know, yeah. one of the things that I, I, I found fascinating and one of the things that really helped me to feel alive was watching a lot of the the shows that were um, in different languages. Oh, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, I, there were a lot of great, like, um, Korean shows or, mm-hmm. you know, um, Brazilian shows. I mean, there are so many different. There's so much <laughs> available now. So I know. much available. Yeah. I found like all and, these French series. Yeah. There's something that was in Japanese that oh we were my watching. Gosh. There's so, so much out many, there now. So, yeah. much, so many. So I just got fascinated with language again. Mm-hmm. And I got fascinated with interior design and food and all these different things. Yeah. But I think for me, the type of relaxation that I prefer or enjoy the most is a day at the beach. Mm-hmm. Ah, a oh, day I at can the imagine. Beach. <laughs> Watching the sunset oh. on a beach in the Caribbean. And yeah. this is going to be happening pretty soon. Oh. And there is something so spiritual, something so... I don't know what to call it. It's just so divine about sitting on the beach late in the evening when the sun starts to set and you see that orange, that, that, that sky is just that beautiful orange color, you know, sort of sitting over the ocean and you're watching this beautiful water with the sun glistening on that water and our beaches are black sand beaches because we're volcanic, uh-huh. but we have some white sand beaches too. But my beach, yeah. my favorite beach is Villa Beach. Uh-huh. And it's actually named after the the um the city I live in, which is Villa. Oh, but okay. I re- just remember as a child, and I've loved this beach since I was a child. I'm talking yeah. since I learned how to swim to this day, you know, being in, you know, in the ocean. You know, even if it's just sitting on the sand yeah. and having the water rush up against me, there's something so beautiful about that. So, you know, you're not doing anything but that. You may be eating a mango or some sort of fruit. Oh, and I'm sure <laughs> it's much better than what we get here because it's fresher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I feel like, you know, we, there were times when we used to have, um, you know, midnight or moonlight picnics on the beach when, when oh, I was nice. growing up there, you know, yeah. they'll roast fish and have um, different types of local dishes that people would make, palau and all mm. sorts of great food. And you will just be out there just sitting on the beach oh, and just hanging beautiful. out. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I think for me, just sitting on the beach, and it's something I haven't done now in about nine years. I have not That's been home in nine time. years. And I look wow. forward to doing it. The last time I was there, I remembered mm-hmm. that's when I sort of noticed my creative spirit really um, going to a different level, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny. There's something about the Caribbean and being in that sun and something about being home for me where I'm yeah. completely at peace. And so when I'm there, I'm fully relaxed. You know, I don't feel the hustle and bustle. Like I it's like ground, you're grounded too. Cause like so that's the whole thing with the, cause I also 
grew up walking distance to the beach. So I, mm-hmm. I can relate, except um, I don't know if my beach was as nice as yours, but um, I can relate because like, it's something about like your feet touching the sand and yeah. just that grounding experience. But not only that, but also um, the water is so healing. I it is healing. Experience that, but yeah. It is healing. Oh, I know about the healing of of the water, and and just to kind of give you a story of when we were little, um, yeah. I remembered when we were kids. Um, I had this cousin who was very much into, you know, um, bush therapy. I would call it bush therapy, or you know, or bush medicine. <laughs> and there, there was this beautiful vine that grew alongside the beach. It was called Karyla or the Karyla okay. bush. And whenever we got sick, whether you had a cold or something like that, they took yeah. you to the beach and they uh-huh. would take the Karyla bush and they would strip it off the vine and oh. they would put it in the water because our oh, water is salt water. They put yeah, it in the uh-huh. salt water and they will tap, tap, tap your back with that to oh, kind of wow. clear your, your system. Yeah, And it uh-huh. worked. And, and we don't know what medicinal stuff is in that, yeah. you know, but for some reason it worked. And so whenever a child got sick, you would hear somebody say, oh, did you take them to the beach yet? You know, you'll see use the word sap, you know, you'll sap yeah. them with the Karyla bush. But, oh, wow. um, you know, and I think that bush and, and so many other, other bushes that we had back home, you can boil them and drink them. And, you know, they definitely had some medicinal, medicinal um, advantages yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know we, we, we love our bush teas back home as we call them <laughs> we love <laughs> our bush teas, but there is something and maybe that's why you know my family even being from the caribbean we love our teas we get together we yeah. always drink tea and and whatnot um very british <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah very very british but yeah there's something very soothing yeah and very welcoming and very peaceful about being in the water yeah, something yeah, that I miss. That's something I and miss because I'm in landlocked here. In the middle yeah, of yeah. <laughs> so I look forward to doing that, and I look forward to being inspired yeah. again when I do that next time. Because I yeah. always find when I come back from St. Vincent, I have all these new thoughts and ideas and poetry that I would have oh, I love from it. those trips. So, so yeah. unleashes another level level of creativity in you. Absolutely, yeah. but you know, I I think it it makes sense, and the reason why it makes sense is because when I was growing up there, um, even you know, as early as eight years old is when I started writing. Mm-hmm. I remembered we we live on a hill, our house is on a hill, and I remembered going up further on that hill and just finding time by myself. Um, not necessarily to do anything, but just to look around the panoramic view of yeah. of the entire area. Part of it was the ocean. And there was something very peaceful about that. Like I would just find myself, I would say I'm running away from home, but really it was, wasn't really running away. Right. I was just going up there yeah. to find some peace by myself. And I did this for many, many years. And But it, because it was just something that was just so precious, that time by myself and just soaking in nature and, and yeah. everything that it had. Yeah. Oh, I love this. You're so lucky you're going home soon. (laughs) Yes, I will be. And I'm very excited about it. Um, You know, part of it will be business, but the other part, I hope that I'll be able to to get into that ocean and and really reconnect in a very special way when I'm there. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) i'll take pictures for you sandy don't worry please do i know i know you take lovely photos i mean yeah this girl's done everything she's organized photo exhibitions and remember those days oh my gosh i almost forgot about those days i know you've done everything (laughs) it's 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 crazy when i think about the things that i do when i (laughs) um i remember years ago somebody said to me when they found out that i wrote poetry they're like shona why didn't you tell me that you wrote poetry? I said, oh, I thought you knew they're like, no. <laughs> it's just like, you know, there's so many things that I feel like I don't know about you. I said, look, I don't, you know, always go and tell people I do these things. Sometimes they yeah. find out, you know, by accident or something like that. But I was definitely trying to put myself out there a few years ago when I joined a meetup group that does poetry. And yeah. I actually performed a couple of times at um, a restaurant in, in Maryland. I forget uh-huh. the name of it now, but... That was a really interesting experience to be able to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, come back to the photography thing. Yeah, that's something that's always going to be a part of me. 
Um, I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy documenting trips and different mm-hmm. things that I do. Um, and to be able to document this trip when I go home, I think will be most important, especially the times that we're living in right now. You yeah. Know? So, oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to, to having this trip be very interesting and, and, and all about reconnecting again while mm-hmm. relaxing. I know exactly. Oh, it's beautiful. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh goodness. No, I um, um it's it's funny. And actually one one final thing I Yeah, no, go for it. Speaking of speaking of people not knowing certain things that I do, I remember that the last company I worked for, a young lady came up to me one day and she said, Your photography, she said, I didn't know that you did photography. It's it's on the wall around the corner and I said oh yeah that was for something that we did a show that we did or something she's like I didn't know you did photography so I was just (laughs) remembering that in terms of like you know I guess I just do you know I'm not something I just do do the things that come to me um, that I find joy in and that's important you know during the pandemic I started to paint something I didn't do for a very long time Um, one of those you started to paint I started to paint. Yeah. I, I used know. to paint when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I did art when I was in um, undergrad at Seton Hall University. And yeah. um, painting was one of my favorite classes. I used to just love to go and the teacher would put on the classical music before we got in. We'll get our yeah. materials and we'll oh. start painting. But yeah, it's something that I learned how to do very, very uh-huh. young. I think in high school here is where I started to paint. Um, yeah. But yeah, so- it's just been, you know, I think you know, speaking about all the different things that I do, I really want to address this. I think that I recognize that the universe and God has been so gracious to me to grant me so many different gifts. Yeah. I know. I'm very, I'm very aware of that because, you know, I think one of the things that a lot of my clients sometimes figure about themselves is that they don't acknowledge their gifts or they don't even realize they have certain gifts. Right. You know, and so it's up to me sometimes to kind of help pull that out of them and say, you know what, if this is something that you do with such passion and you do it so well, that's definitely something that not a lot of people can do, you know, so appreciate that and hold that very close to you because not everybody is gifted to do everything. Right, you know, exactly. That's yeah. important. That's important. And some people will go, oh my God, I didn't think that was so special. Yes, it is special. I was yeah, just saying this to G and I can't remember the exact quote. It was something along the line. I forget the quote. You might know it, but it's something mm-hmm. like what's like ordinary to you or something is like magic mm-hmm. to others type of thing. It is. It's kind of like you just I think agree. it's ordinary, mm-hmm. but to someone else, like you're so, you don't realize it, but you're so gifted at it that it's like almost like magical. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people are, I think so many people are so, gifted in so many different ways, but they don't acknowledge their own gifts. They don't see it as a gift. And I think for me, I was blessed and happy that since I was a child growing up, my mother was always somebody who always acknowledged my gifts. And she would even say, you know, Shona, you have to keep writing or else you're going to forget and God is going to take away your gifts. She would sort of tease me and say that, but I know what she meant by that. She meant that I can't just let it go to the wayside. I must really actively participate in these gifts and keep writing and keep going and keep moving. And so that's been important for me. It's the consistency of it all, right? Right. We each should be consistent and um, be, how should I say, purposeful about what we're doing, you know, so that we can get to where we need to get to in uh, on that level that we want to get to. So, uh, and a lot of things for me didn't come overnight. It was consistency right. that helped me yeah. to get there. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's important too. Like you're not necessarily mm-hmm. going to be an expert at something like just the first time we try it too. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And, and, and that's, I think that that's important to note. And why that's important to note is that, you know, even when you become an expert at it, then how do you take that expertise and you know share it? And I think that's right. what is 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 what really my life's purpose is. And this is how right. it sort of ties together in that when I learn something or when I've you know executed something really well, whether it's public speaking or whatever the different things that I do, and I'm working with somebody to get to that point, um, it doesn't end there. 
Right. It doesn't end there. It's about how can that person now become the mentor or the teacher to someone right. else? And exactly. I've seen that happen right in front of me where, you know, my mentees now become the mentors to others. Oh, and I love this. What, what a feeling is that? Yeah. To now take what you've learned and share it. Because isn't that what life is about? Mm-hmm. It's about sharing exactly. Sharing what we know. Yeah. What we know. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so last but not least, I want to ask you who or what, or you could say who and what, doesn't matter, um, inspires you. Oh my gosh. It doesn't have to be one, you know, you can have a list. <laughs> Definitely not one, one person or one thing that inspires me. I think for me, who inspires me? It's the people in my life, you know, the men and women in my life who you know, regardless of the challenges and circumstances, they're always pushing through. They're always dreaming. They're always working harder to get to the things that they want to get accomplished. And I see that with, you know, friends and family, people who are in my life who are, you know, no matter what life throws at them, you know, Mm -hmm. they say when life throws you, you know, lemons, you make lemonade. I mean, these people have lemonade stands. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They have lemonade stands. I'm telling you, Um, you know, I think it's people who continually live their dream. Right. And more than that, they're, they're respectful of other people's dreams. Uh, that's, that's who inspire me. I think as I talk about this right now, one person specifically comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And this is where I might get a little bit emotional. So I apologize. That's in okay. Advance. Yeah, not but one of my, one of, one of my, one of my cousins who recently passed away, mm-hmm. his name was Calder Crease or Dave Crease. Everybody knew him as Dave. Thank you. And he passed away in May. And growing up, he was one of those people that really inspired me because he was, um, his, his, um, life's work was being an architect and, um, designer and all of that. And, um, I remember growing up, he was extremely good at math. And I was nowhere near good at math. I got 50%. I was a happy camper. Um, but he helped me to understand math. I remembered him teaching me math before I would go to school, you know, even be late sometimes because I had to learn long division and he was teaching me long division. But um, the reason why he inspired me so much is because he was someone that when he walked into a room that there was such respect for Mm -hmm. him. He knew how to connect with everybody. He knew how to make you laugh. He was that person at our family function when he walked in the door and you saw Dave, you knew he was coming with his gifts, his Aww. gifts of bread and the local Caribbean drinks that he uh-huh. made. But there was something about him that we all connected to. And he was that fatherly, fatherly figure to a lot Aww. of us, um, who I would say grew up without fathers. Right. And so for me, Dave really inspired me because no matter what little he had, he always felt like he had to share it. But more than that, he was just a genuine person, a genuine person. You can talk to him about anything and everything. Um, there's a very popular quote that says, people may not remember what you said or what you did, but they'll remember the way you make them mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. I think something about those like Maya Angelou. Yeah. And Dave always made you feel like you were the most important person. Uh-huh in that room when you were talking to him. So, you know, the way he inspired me, he did it in so many ways. He was very active in church. He and I did a couple of ministries together. We actually um, were ushers together. We were lems together, the Eucharistic ministers together. And so when he passed, I remembered being asked to be one of the ushers for his funeral. And I thought at first, no, I can't do this. I I just I'm, I'm I need time to be sad and to be upset yeah. and to cry. I can't usher. And I just remembered him and I just remembered you know what would Dave do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would Dave how would Dave deal with the situation? And I pulled myself together and I said, "Yes, I'm going to usher at the funeral." But what was really interesting was that 
I was there thinking that I was going to be the one broken apart and I was going to need all this help to get myself together. But in the end, Dave's spirit somehow came over me and allowed me to help others to grieve in that moment. That's beautiful. To be there for others in that moment who couldn't even walk into the church or couldn't see him. And I thought, that's why I'm here. Right. And that's why this is so important that, you know, when people leave a mark, when they leave a legacy, that's what it looks like, you know, the kind of person he was. And so it's up to us now to take those things, those unselfish ways that he had, that beautiful way he had to help others and to make everybody feel welcome and warm and like family. He had an infectious smile Aww. that you see him across the room and Dave was always smiling. So I think, you know, for for all of the duties that he did, you know, as sort of like a, a father to me, to my sister, to many in our family, you know, he, he definitely inspired me. And when I think of him, I think about how I can inspire others. Well, you definitely do. If I may say it definitely runs in the family for sure, because as you're describing Dave, I am thinking Mm -hmm. an episode, several episodes back where I was talking about a book that I was reading that talks a lot about like energy and it describes Mm -hmm. people like Dave and also like you girl. Yeah who are she calls it sunshine (laughs) conduits it's like people who just Mm -hmm. light up the room like when they walk in it's their energy it's the positive energy they care so much about people and literally it sounds like to me dave was a sunshine conduit and you are too so oh thank you thank you sandy and you know i i feel blessed to have known him i was very angry and very upset when you know, his life slipped by, um, you know, but there are so many good memories that I have of him that I tried desperately to hold on to. Yeah. And, you know, when I see him in my mind's eye, sometimes I get very sad, but there's so many times when I just smile because I'm just like, you know, he would just, yeah. he And, and you know, speaking about inspiration, I'm, I'm going to just mention this really quickly. Remember the week that he died, I was supposed to give a presentation at an event and they didn't know that he had passed away. Mm-hmm. And I thought I could do one of two things. I could say, no, I'm not going to do this presentation or yes, I'm going to go and I'm probably going to be sad and pull the room down. Yeah. But I thought to myself, I'm like, mm, what would Dave do? Dave, what would Dave tell me to do? Dave would say, you know what, go ahead. And just be your best. Right. Just be the best you can be. If even that means breaking down, just go ahead and do it. And I went and I did it. And, you know, at the end of it all, I remembered I got off the call and I just broke down. Yeah. Because everything just came to me. But in that moment, I, I thought, oh, my God, I hope I did a good job. And then I was getting feedback that I did. And I said, you know what? His spirit was he there. carried you. Just holding my heart. Yeah. Carrying me through. And, and that's what it is about leaving a mark yeah. and about really truly supporting others and being there for others, even in death. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even in Wow. Yeah. So we're definitely yeah. going to um, dedicate this episode to Dave. Absolutely. Yeah. Dave Kreese. Uh-huh. Dave Kreese. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't make you too sad, Sandy. I'm, you know, I'm gonna I, cry, I, girl. <laughs> uh, the, the tears are welling up I for know. me, but I think they're happy tears. Yeah. They're happy tears to know that you know I've been, I've been lucky. Yeah, I've been truly blessed to so have had people that have influenced me in such great ways that I can take those experiences now, and I can work with people in different ways, whether it's public speaking or the other things that I do. Um, it's about transferring that knowledge and transferring that love. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for that. So, you know, and I'm thankful to you for giving me the opportunity to come oh, on here. Oh, this is an honor for us to have you. <laughs> yeah, no, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And, um, you know, I just hope that people understand that, you know, we all have these gifts within ourselves and it's, a, 
it's for us to start to acknowledge them and unearth yeah. them and, and not be afraid, exactly. not be afraid. Wow. Yeah. Well, Shona, yeah. I want to thank you so much um, for taking the time out to talk with me this evening. Um, I really, I really appreciate your time. And um, can you let our listeners know where's the best place to learn more about you? So in terms of my professional work, mm-hmm. my website, and so that's www.bramblecommunicationstrategy.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some social media stuff up, but they're not quite complete yet. Okay. So, but the website would be the best place to find me. Um, I am on LinkedIn, so people can find me there and connect with me there as well. Um, I'm working on a page for a LinkedIn page for the business. So I'll have that ready maybe in the next okay, couple of months yeah. or so, maybe less, Great. but yeah, definitely my, my website will have all the information that they need there. They can book, you know, um, appointments or they can book like some free consultation sessions and stuff there as Great, well. Okay. And so um, that's all available yeah. there. So I'll make sure for our listeners, I'll put links in the show notes. And then as you um, update things, if you have any updates, it's so easy to update these show notes, just send them our way and we can always update as you add stuff too. So just keep us posted. Yeah. Oh, that would be yeah. great. I would absolutely do that. Thank yeah. you so much for this yeah, opportunity. Yeah, no, thanks I again. Really this has it. been great. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank Thank you so much, Yeah, Andy. Shona. So I want to thank everyone for listening. We appreciate your support. Ciao. You've been listening to All Things Relax with Sandy D. Relax, recharge, be inspired, and step into your power. Sandy D, the queen of podcasts, Zen, would love to hear from you. You can connect with her on Instagram or Facebook at All Things Relax Studios. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.